I'm Erin Mayalki, and I'm the REACH director here at New Life. And for those of you who are first-time guests, we're just so glad that you're here today. And today we are on part eight of our 21-week series called Mountain Monologues, which is based on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And if you've missed any of the previous messages, you can go to our website, newlifexn.org, or you can go to our app to get caught up, not just on these messages, but on any of the messages, really. So today, we're exploring Jesus' command to love your enemies. And so, who are our enemies? According to dictionary.com, our enemy is a person who feels hatred for, fosters harmful designs against, or engages in antagonistic activities against another, an adversary or opponent. Now be honest, when I said enemies, did a person or maybe a few persons pop into your head? Dang it, this is the third time. Every time I've asked this question, nobody's raised their hand. Thank you. I mean, to be fair, and I told them at the last service, I don't have my glasses on, so some of you could have been raising your hands and I didn't see you, but the reason why I'm asking this is because I'm willing to bet that more than just a few of us do, because people have wronged us, people have hurt us, people are actively working against us. And in his message last week on retaliation, which was excellent, Pastor Chris told us we are not to retaliate when someone hurts or insults us. We're instructed instead to show selflessness. And as Pastor Chris pointed out, selflessness is not natural to humans. It comes to us supernaturally after we're born again. And loving our enemies is not something that comes naturally. I mean, sometimes it can be hard enough to love people we like, let alone being told to love our enemies. But I have good news. The impossible is possible. We can do what comes unnaturally, supernaturally, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is our take-home point today, and it's the one thing that I really want to emphasize and it's the one thing that I really want you to remember when you're faced with your enemies. And our take-home point is this. The Holy Spirit empowers us to love our enemies. In the Bible, it gives us the guidance we need to learn this and to live it. But before we get into the Bible, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this place. I thank you that we can come together right now, Father, to worship you and to hear your word. And Father, I just pray that this morning, Lord, that your word will convict us because that's what your word does, Lord. It doesn't condemn us, it convicts us. And I just pray that for each of us, if, if there's something that we're holding on to, Lord, that's not from you, that we would just release it and that we would allow you to mold and shape us to who you've created us to be, that you would empower each of us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to love our enemies, because you do, and we want to be more like you, Father. And it's in the name of your Son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. 
So if you have your mountain monologue study guide, you can turn to page 26. And if you don't have one, don't worry about it because the scripture will be on the screens. And if you'd like a book for another weekend, we have them out by the exits. So you've all heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I myself say to you, love your enemies and pray for those persecuting you. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who are persecuting you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on both evil and good, and he sends rain on both righteous and unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not also the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, do you think that's extraordinary? Do not also the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you all shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So in this passage of scripture, Jesus is doing a few things. First, he's saying, the world is telling you to do this, but I'm telling you to do this. And what Jesus is telling us to do is to live and think radically different from the world. I mean, pray for those who persecute us? Who does that? Jesus does that. Even as he was dying on the cross, Jesus was asking God to forgive the very people who had called for his death. Even as Jesus was dying on the cross, he was asking God to forgive the people who had tortured him and crucified him. I mean, he kind of sets a high bar, doesn't he? And Jesus tells us to pray for and bless those who persecute us because he can do a work in them. But not only that, he can and will do a work in us when we do this. Because sometimes, and really most times, when we pray for God to change someone else's hearts, he changes ours. And you know, Jesus also points out that God brings the sun and the rain to the good people and the bad people. And something worth mentioning is that at one time, many of us were enemies of God. We were the bad people. And despite this, God showed us his, his grace and his mercy, even when we were set against him. And you know, someone may be your foe right now, but that doesn't mean they have to be your enemy forever. And as I mentioned, you know, some of us were enemies of God, and now we're in his family. Look at Paul. Paul was one of the greatest enemies of the early church. He persecuted them mercilessly, and yet he became one of the greatest contenders for the faith. So there's hope for all of us. You know, in Jesus, he also kind of calls us out a little bit at the end of the passage, and he sets us apart because he tells us even non-believers are nice people. So if even non-believers are nice people and we're just nice people, how are we any different than them? How are we set apart when we're just doing what everyone else is doing? But Jesus told us we have to be perfect like our heavenly father. And I'm just gonna state the obvious right now that none of us are perfect. And I know a few of you think you're perfect, but you're not perfect. <laughs> and until we receive our glorified bodies, we're not going to be perfect in this life. But 
the more we grow in our relationship with Jesus, the more we seek to become like him and follow his example, we will come as close as we can to perfection in this life. And we will truly be set apart from the world. I mean, how we conduct ourselves and treat others, it's a really good indicator of where we stand in Jesus. Scripture tells us, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. In other words, do unto others as you would have done unto you. And never underestimate the power of simple acts of kindness. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Your enemy, they might not notice or care when you show them love and kindness, but other people will see you doing this. And through your example, they'll see the love of Jesus through you. Just like that old song, they will know we are Christians by our love. Love. Our love is our greatest gift and our greatest weapon. People get to experience the love of Jesus through us. That is such an amazing gift, not just for them, but for us. And I really want you to notice this next part, that our love is our greatest weapon against the enemy. And when I say enemy here, I don't mean that jerk named Jim or that backstabber named Becca. I mean the enemy, Satan. He is our real enemy because any other foe we have in our lives still has the potential to become a member of our family of faith. Until they take their final breath, they still have the opportunity to experience Jesus' love and his mercy and his forgiveness, his redemption. And the devil knows this. And he knows that if he can keep us from giving this supernatural love. He can dim our lights, tarnish our testimony, and prevent us from being the people that God has created us to be. And he can keep those people bound for hell. And you know, he is so good at what he does that he has even taken the body of believers and he has turned us against one another. We spend more time bickering with each other over things than we do looking for and loving the lost. Have you ever looked at the comment section of articles, social media, or other places? If I was an unbeliever and I saw people who claim to be followers of Jesus talking to each other the way that they do, I wouldn't want to have anything to do with that. You know, I mean, how does that, when we, when we treat one another like that, how does that reflect the warmth of Jesus? How does that repel the attacks of the enemy? When we can't even show love to our brothers and sisters in Jesus, how are we going to show love to our enemies? Friends, we got to protect our hearts. We have to be so tightly sealed by the Holy Spirit that nothing can get in there. How many of you, when you were younger, played with Play-Doh? There's no hands again. Okay, thank you, yes. <laughs> so those of you who have played with Play-Doh, you know 
that once that Play-Doh is in that container, you've got to keep that lid on tight. I mean tight, because if just the littlest bit of air gets into that container, that Play-Doh dries out and it becomes harder than a rock and it's useless. You can't do anything with it. And I would say that it's the same way with our hearts, that if we don't keep a lid on them, if we allow our hearts to be exposed to anger, hate, bitterness, jealousy, you name it, our hearts are going to harden and they're going to become useless. I mean, how does a bitter heart bring joy to others? How does a heart filled with hate express love? Remember, we're not perfect yet. That old nature of us is still trying to overtake our new nature. So we've got to guard our hearts. And you know, when Jesus, when he told us to love our enemies, he knew what we were up against. He knew that we couldn't do this on our own. And so in his grace and in his goodness, he gave us his Holy Spirit so that we could do it supernaturally. And I stumbled across this quote and I just feel like it really hits the nail on the head. Love, bless, and pray for your enemies. You wanna be like Jesus? You wanna stop evil from spreading? You wanna turn your enemy into your friend? You wanna see evidence of the Holy Spirit in you? You wanna root out all bitterness in your heart? You wanna put aside the defeating victim attitude? Then show the humility of Christ. Take the moral high ground. And Romans 12, 21, overcome evil with good. Don't be natural. Be unnatural. It's hard to hate someone when God gives you a supernatural love for that person. Now, if you're here and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit within you, the spirit of the living God, the God of the universe resides in you. And I think sometimes we forget that. I know I forget that. But the Holy Spirit is inside us. That same Holy Spirit, you know, Book of Acts, Holy Spirit, healing people, casting out demons, that Spirit is still here and is in us. And that is the Spirit that allows us, that empowers us to love our enemies. Natural you can't do it but supernatural you can do it. And I can tell you from personal experience that you can do this. Because I have some people in my life that hate me, I mean like really hate me, this is not for dramatic effect. Um, I mean, they might like strongly dislike me, but either way, like it's no good. Um, and there was an incident where they were just saying like some really, some really awful, vile stuff. And I could just as easily have said some vile, horrible things back to them. And, you know, round and round we could have gone hurling insults at each other. But of what worth is that? You know, that it would have taken an already yucky situation and made it even yuckier. And as someone who professes my faith very publicly, I would have pushed them away from Jesus, not towards him. And you know, you might ask, well, did anything miraculous happen after that? No, they still hate me. But by the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And I say by the power of the Holy Spirit because old nature Erin had a lot of stuff that she wanted to say. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, in that moment, I was able to turn the other cheek. I was able to absorb those insults and say calm and kind words in response. You know, I mean, their hearts might still be harder than dried out Play-Doh, but my heart is softened. I have kept a lid on my heart so that God can still use me, so that he can mold me and shape me and, and turn me into the person that he's created me to be. You know, and I, I tell you this not so that you look at me like, oh, look at me, but like, look at me. I'm flawed and I have more issues than Reader's Digest and I'm a mess, but God sees who he's made me to be. And I am trying so hard to be that person and, and God created me to love him and to love others. And God created you to love him and to love others. If not for their sake, then for the sake of the one you love. And I know that you know loving people, it comes with risk and vulnerability, and especially loving your enemies. But when we allow the supernatural to occur through the natural, God is glorified, and people come to know him. Because it's not enough to just be nice. It's not enough to just be a, a good person. We have to love people. And the the late, great Tina Turner asked, what's love got to do with it? And the answer is, everything. And if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Love changes everything. So how do we love our enemies? Well, first, we have to ask God for help because as we've determined, we can't do this on our own. And second, in order to be able to give love, we have to be able to understand it. And we need to understand that we've messed up, that from the Garden of Eden until now, we've allowed sin to enter into our lives. And God didn't and doesn't desire for us to remain dead in our sins. And because of his great love for us, 
He sent us his son Jesus as the propitiation or atonement for our sins. He sent Jesus to restore us to the people that God created us to be. And back in March at the New Life Students Girls Day, Jennifer Cadamore, she had asked the girls a question that has pretty much stuck with me since that day. She asked the girls if they believed someone ought to be punished if they do something wrong. The majority said yes. And then she asked the girls if any of them had ever done anything wrong. The majority said yes. And then Jennifer pointed out that by that reasoning, that means that they ought to be punished. And that's our reality. We've sinned. We have done things wrong. We ought to be punished. But God, his mercy triumphs over judgment. That through God's grace and mercy and, and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, we who were separated from him by our sins now have our salvation secured through Jesus and we get to spend an eternity with him. We, who were once enemies of God, are now his heirs. And as sons and daughters of God, we need to be spending our days striving to be more and more like him. And in order to be more and more like him, we have to love people the way that God loves them. And if we look at the people that we consider our enemies, I'm willing to bet that most of them don't know Jesus. And I want you to take a moment and think about your own life, what you were like before Jesus and what you're like now with Jesus. Think of the peace, the joy, the freedom that you have in him, that despite what's going on around you, that you can rest in him, and just what that feels like. Now think of these people who don't have that. They don't have that peace. They don't have that joy. And in this world that's filled with chaos and confusion, they have nowhere to go. They have no place to rest. For them, this is all they have. This is as good as it's going to get. So just think of the, the fear, the anxiety, the hopelessness that they might be feeling. And I don't know about you, but when I think of them that way, it begins to soften my heart towards them. And instead of you know, feeling angry or bitter towards them, I feel pity for them. Because friends, our enemies are lost people. And we were once lost people, but Jesus found us. And are we so arrogant to think that we deserve God's love and grace and mercy, but that these people don't? I hope not, because when we show love to them, deserved or not, we shine the light that leads them to Jesus. Like many of the things that Jesus tells us to do in the Sermon on the Mount, this isn't going to be easy. But take heart, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, 
needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. It's not going to be easy to love our enemies, but God is going to give us plenty of opportunities to train. And when you train for things, the easier they become over time. And God, he's gonna help us with those difficult people. All we need to do is ask him for help and he will send his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will help us. And knowing this, we can live out today's next step, which is with the Holy Spirit's help, I will pray for my enemies this week. And if you do this and you make a habit of it, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your heart. But you gotta keep a lid on your heart. Don't let your enemies allow your heart to harden. And if you're here today and Jesus is not yet your Lord and Savior, you are an enemy of God right now. And we all sometimes allow ourselves to believe this lie that there's the group of people who believe and are going to heaven, there's the people who don't believe and are going to hell, and then there's a group of people in the middle that just don't know what's going on and haven't made up their mind yet. That's not how it works. You're either for God or against him. And if you haven't accepted Jesus yet, you're on the other team. Right now, you are bound for hell. And I know for some people that might not seem like a loving thing for me to say, telling you that you're going to go to hell. But the reality is that's the most loving thing I can do for you, is to tell you that, so that you can turn to God before it's too late, that his love for you, my love for you, is that we don't want that for you. We don't want you to spend an eternity in hell. We want you to spend eternity with God and to experience all of the wonderful things that come from a relationship with him. And if you haven't accepted him yet, you can't keep putting it off. You know, first of all, we always say you never know how much time you have. But even more than that, the longer you stay in this world without him, the longer you're exposing your heart to the hate, to the anger, to the bitterness, the jealousy, and all of the other ugly things in this world. And the longer your heart is exposed to that, it's gonna harden. And a time will come when your heart is so hardened that nothing and no one is going to be able to come into it. And that's gonna be it for you. So today's the day. Today's the day that you're gonna put the lid on your heart. Today's the day that you are finally going to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you've already accepted him as your Lord and Savior, just recommit to him today. Remind yourself of who you are without him and who you are with him. And just give everything back to him. So right now, I'm gonna go over what we call the ABCs with you. Because I wanna to explain to you what it means to become a follower of Jesus. To accept Jesus as our savior means that A, we admit. We admit that we have sinned and that we all fall short of the glory of God, that we need a savior. And B means to believe. It means to believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that we believe that he's the Son of God, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead on the third day. We believe it. And C means to confess. It means to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
and that we commit to following him by the power of the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit to follow him because without the Holy Spirit, our natural selves just can't do it. And so when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we're, we're free. We, we get to experience this love. And so I'm going to pray. You can either say it with me or you can say it in your own words. It doesn't matter what the words are. What matters is the condition of your heart. So pray this with me. Father God, Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and I admit that I was your enemy. But Father, I don't wanna be your enemy. I want to be a member of your family. And so Father, I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I need him to rescue me from myself. And Father, I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. Father, I believe that he came down onto this earth, that he loved people while he was here and that he showed them how to live like you and that he ended up dying on that cross for my sins, but that he rose on the third day like he said that he would because Jesus keeps his promises, Lord. And I thank you that I can follow someone who keeps his word. And God, I confess to everyone that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I commit to following him every day of my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, I just pray today and every day of my life that you would keep filling me with your Holy Spirit, keep giving me this supernatural power to do the things that you have called me to do, Lord. And Father, I just, I thank you for the love that you have shown me even when I was your enemy. And Father, I ask you to help me love the people that I consider my enemy so that hopefully one day, Father, they will be a part of our family. And it's in your son, Jesus' name that I pray, amen.